But anyway, you know, we've got to have God. We've got to have a big God in this hour. Now, I've got to speak some things this morning. Is it okay if I do that? Of course it's okay. And uh, because one day I'm going to stand before God. You don't want to rush into ministry in this hour unless you're called. Because you're going to give an account. You know, too much is given, much is required. And also, there'll be a greater judgment. And that's, those things always get my attention. But look over in Psalm 119. And I really do hope you brought your Bibles, because if you didn't, it might be hard this morning to keep up. I'm, I'm old school in that I believe God's Word, it's, it's the most powerful thing on the earth. You know, and I just believe, I, you know, I, I date back to those days, and I've told you when I would go to those Milton Green in the Word seminars, and the Word would just... It would like an explosion out of Milton's mouth. The pages of God's Word, it just exploded in my heart during those years, those days, those times in my life. And um, mostly all he did was read the Word. And I was always amazed. So I've asked the Lord, Lord, I'm going to use a lot of Scripture this morning. You gave it to me. It's in your Word. It's your Word. So please, Lord, anoint it. You know, anoint our minds and uh, help us to really grasp what the Spirit is saying to the church, because He always says way more than what we say, and He says things we don't even think of saying. How many of you know that? You ever had somebody come to you and say, man, I was really blessed by what you said, and you thought, I said that? I wasn't even thinking that. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. He speaks things beyond what we even think we're saying. But look in Psalm 119, verse 128, and then... um, we're going to look at a few things and pray and then jump in the Word. It says, Therefore, all the, your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. And I believe, how many of you believe God's Word has an answer to every problem, every situation that man will ever face? It's in the Word of God. We go to these, all these experts. The expert is God's Word. And I believe that. And somehow it was... Whoever, all the men that spoke into my life, they drilled that in me. Look in verse 130. The entrance of your words gives light. So we're going to use a lot of the word this morning, and I believe there's going to be light break out over the nation. I don't know any other hope. I don't know any politician that can save us. I'm thankful for those that God's put in position, especially our president. I'm thankful that he's given us an opportunity to uh, preach the gospel without persecution in this land. At least for a little longer. You know, do you know, have you seen the stats? Persecution against the faith, against Jews, against Christians is on the rise all over the earth. It's greatly increasing. But right now there's a a little bit of time and I'm thankful. But I believe that the entrance of His Word gives light in the midst of darkness. Verse 133, direct my steps by your Word. You want to know which way to go? You want to know, you want to end up finding God's will? Let the Word of God direct your steps. 
we've, those of us that have been around for you, that we can just tell you it's really the Word of God. It's not really that we got all this figured out. We just obeyed, we followed, we heard, and we said, yes, God. Anybody know any other way? I don't know any other way. It's following the Word and the Spirit, hearing the voice of God. But look down and look back in verse 126. Because many Americans right now are not considering God's Word as the answer to all things, as we read in one, verse 128. I mean, if you know that. If you were to speak the Word in Congress this morning, they would not think you are, you know, anything great, anything worth listening to. So they totally disqualified verse 128. But look in 126. Here's the answer. It is time for you to act, O Lord. For they've regarded your law or your word or your testimonies or your precepts. That's what Psalm 119 is all about. They've regarded your law as void. And so he says it's time for you to act, O Lord. So let's pray and then let's get in the word. Lord, we thank you. God, for this morning, I thank you for the cleanness in the atmosphere. I thank you, God, for the freedom in worship. Lord, we are grateful. Sometimes it's hard to worship. It's hard. It's hard to get out of the bed sometimes. But God, I thank you today. There was freedom and there's liberty. And I thank you for what you're doing in our nation, God. We thank you for all the people you've raised up and get, put them in strategic positions uh, in the government, but also in ministry all over the land that are doing the will of God and ready. They're in place for such an hour as this. And God, we thank you. We honor you. We bless you. We ask you to help us to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Because God, it's not the words of men that we need. It's the Word of God. So we just thank you. You're going to do that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know America was founded, and I know you can, there's a lot that in the regarding of the founding, but many of our founding fathers, they got the inspiration out of the scriptures. You know, did you know that even the, our government, they got it out of Isaiah 33:22. Here's what it says. The Lord is our judge. Which branch of government is that? Judicial. The Lord is our lawgiver. Which branch is that? Legislative. The Lord is our king. Which, that's executive. How I many of you knew that? That's where we got the three branches of government. We were inspired by the pages of God's Word. And we must again hear the Word. That The key is the Word of God. People don't want to hear, but we got to speak it. Now, this morning, this, this question came to my mind this week. Because I was going to preach something else. And then this question had to come to my mind. You know what I'm talking about? God intervened. God interrupted I was going to go my own way, but I'm glad I get to go his way. And I'm really glad because we got to hear what God is saying at the moment. But he asked me this. He said, here's the question. Is there ever a time when God says, I've had enough? That's it. Done with. You've rejected me for the last time. It's all over. Does God ever do that? And I kept asking the question, and then he brought me to places in the Scripture that I want to look at this morning because, you know, a lot of westernized Christianity is not really based on the inspiration of God's Word. Now, I hate to shock you with that, 
But it's based on all kinds of things. Emotion or, you know, the latest fad. And anyway, we've got to be rooted in the Scripture. You're not going to make it in this hour unless you're rooted in the Word of God. You're just not, I'm just telling you. I'm not prophesying to you. I'm just telling you. You've got to have the Word deep. You've got to be strong in the Word and in the Spirit. Because things are going to happen and we're going to need to know who our God is by what He said, who He said He was in the Word of God. Um, how would you feel if you were bombarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Every time you turned on the television, your name is there, your picture, and they're just hounding you as a traitor, treason, you know, all this stuff. I was thinking, God, how in the world does our president even make it? You know, because he's being 24 hours a day, seven days a week, accusation after accusation. And then when those accusations are proven to be wrong, they create new accusations. And it's just all the time, on and on, on and on, and on and on. You know, we hear about the coming civil war. We're already in a civil war. You know that. CNN is at war with America. They're at war with the truth. MSNBC is at war with the truth. Their greatest fear is that the church and Americans will know the truth. Because you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And so that's why they, they're focused on untruths to hopefully keep Americans from the truth. It ain't working. It ain't going to work. But anyway, we've got to rise up and we've got to be who God's called us to be. Look in the Scriptures. I'm going to let the Word speak for itself this morning. and Because um, I believe, somebody told me, St. Augustine, now he didn't tell me, St. Augustine is what they said he said. But they said, St. Augustine said, when the Scripture speaks, God speaks. Well, I believe it. And then First Peter talks about, you know, that it opens up and it says that the end of all things is at hand. And then later on it talks about how those who speak, let him speak as of the oracles of God. So you're always to speak that way, but especially at the end of the age, you better be saying what God is saying. That's why I hold the book of Revelation. Let him who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to look at a lot of Scripture. You guys ready? And uh, the Lord will help us. And, uh, but we've got to speak this into the atmosphere of America. Is there ever a time when God says, that's enough? If I'd have been God, I'd have already pulled the plug on CNN a long time ago. But thank God I'm not God. He's a lot more patient and kind and loving. But sometimes these men, I tell you, I get angry. Because and the, the Scripture talks about, I hate every false way. It's what the psalmist said. Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. So there's good precedent. Okay, the first thing, does God change his mind? Go to Psalm 50. Look back a little bit at Psalm 50. And look at the scriptures as to what God is saying. In Psalm 50, verse 1, there's five places. So we'll go as quickly as we can. But please follow along. And the best you can. The mighty one, verse 1, the mighty one, the God, the Lord, has spoken and called the earth. From the rising of the sun to its going down, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. I mean, if you know, He's going to shine forth. And shall not keep silent. 
There's, there are times when it seems like God's not saying anything. He's not saying anything because he already spoke and he's seeing if you will obey what he said. But also he's very patient and kind and he's quiet to see how we will respond. But he's not going to stay quiet forever. A fire shall devour before him and it shall be very tempestuous all around him. And he shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together to me. That's happening right now. The saints of God are finding their clans. And they're gathering in the places where God wants to use them in this hour. Those that are lone rangers won't make it. But those that are gathering with whoever it is, whatever size, it doesn't matter, the group, the place. But he's gathering them together. And those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice, the only sacrifice I know that really matters is Jesus, his death. On the cross, let the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. I heard about this judge that overruled, what was it, this abortion law that Trump signed, stopping funding internationally, something, something like that. And then one, yeah, for Planned Parenthood, one liberal judge appointed by the last administration rose up and said, None. You won't do it. Struck it down. One judge. Can I, can I tell you, I wish that judge was watching. I know he struck it down, but you know one day he's going to stand before the Almighty God. The judge of the earth. He will give an account for the stewardship of his judgeship. He will. He'll give an account. I um, got to speak this to our governor. You know, when the governor of Virginia did what he did regarding abortion, there was an outcry. When our governor did what he did, you heard hardly anything. He struck down something, the Born Alive Abortion Act, something like that. When a baby's born alive, you have to keep him alive. The, the judge or the governor struck it down. Governor Cooper, one day you will stand before a holy God. You will give an account for every life that was taken when you struck that down. Everyone. Every life. He's going to stand before God. I'm going to do all I can when he comes up for re-election to make sure I tell people, vote him out. Now, I know you're not supposed to do that, but I'm in the kingdom of God. And so the kingdom is greater than any political kingdom. I'm not afraid what men shall say. But also at the same time, I'm going to stand before God. I'm going to give an account for how I handled his word. So that gives me the fear of the Lord. So we better get back to the Scripture. Look in verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble. Good advice. How many of you know that's good advice? Well, who else are you going to call? We, you, you just call upon him. I will deliver you. And you shall glorify me. This is how God gets glory when we call on him and he delivers us. We get to tell our testimony. Guess what? I was going down the wrong way. I was sinking. And I called on God and he saved me, delivered me out of a horrible pit. But to the wicked, now this is the other side of the story, but to the wicked, God says, what right have you to declare my statutes or take my covenant in your mouth? Seeing you hate instruction and you cast my words behind you. I had a picture when I'm reading that of someone, you know, these nuts you get in the bag. Most of the nuts I like, but occasionally you get nuts you don't like or something. They throw stuff in there that's fake, maybe it's GMO or whatever, but I just, you know, those things, you throw them away. You're eating the nuts. You're eating the good stuff. The bad stuff, you don't want to eat that stuff. 
Some of it, why did they put in that bag? It messed it up if you ask me, but that's just my own opinion. But they cast my words behind. When you saw a thief, you consented with him. What that means is you ran with him. Think about the political leaders today running with the thieves. Running with murderers. Because that's what abortion is. They're running, promoting, joining hands. Well, let's see if God's patience is going to run out. He says, so when you saw a thief, you ran and have been a partaker with adulterers. Now, that's not only physical, but you know, if you're, there's a spiritual adultery. The gods of this age that you can have an affair with, you can mingle with. I'll give you an example. He's not here this morning. But anyway, we're, we're serving as counselors, you know. We've gone a few times. Shirley's gone a number of times. Many of you have gone many times. But I went, the, the other day we were out. The movie was over, and there's a guy sitting in a chair, and he got up and left. I said, oh, you couldn't, um, you, couldn't, you couldn't wait. You couldn't stick around. He said, no, I'm pro-choice. And, you know, you only have a brief second. I didn't want to condemn him. I just said, what if, what if they're real babies? And then that really got him upset, you know. He said, well, they'll just have to live with it. Yeah, the woman. The women will just have to live with it. And I thought, oh, God. These are the kind of people God's got to touch. He's got to awaken them. It's not just the women that had the abortion. It's the men. Anyway, that's... He, he got up and left after that. You, you, you have sometimes... You've got to say what the Holy Spirit tells you to say at that brief second, at that moment. Anyway, let's go on. He says, You give your mouth to evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother and you slander your own mother's son. The slandering of Americans today is what I... There's always going on. These things you've done, and I, here's what God said. I kept silent. I kept silent. But did he stay silent? You thought that I was altogether like you. What does that mean? God says, you thought I was condoning your lifestyle. Just because I didn't rile up and, and uh, my judgment or wrath, whatever, you thought I was in a full agreement. You thought, but... I will rebuke you. Now, the word rebuke means I'm going to reciprocate, done in return. I'm going to set it right, justify, convict, decide, chasten, convince, correct, judge, plead, ransom, rebuke, and reprove. Look at the next. He says, but I will rebuke you and set them in order before you. I'm going to set things right. How many of you know God's going to do that? He's going to eventually set wrong right. The crooked places will be made straight. The mountains will be brought down. The valleys will be exalted. God's going to set it back in order. Now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you in pieces. Now why would he say consider this? Because he wants them to consider this. So somebody needs to tell the people to consider this. Somebody needs to tell America, hey, you might want to consider there's a God that's going to hold you accountable. Somebody needs to tell the church that. You might want to consider. Because most many abortions are, and much is going on inside the church walls. You might want to consider this. Lest I tear you in pieces and there's none to deliver. Anyway, basically, if I read this correctly, it's like God said, okay, I'm silent. I'll let you get by, you thought. 
You thought I was in agreement. But then came the day he said, I've had enough. And you better consider this lest I come and tear you in pieces. Now, what kind of God is that? It's the God of the Bible. Now, I know there are many Christians in America that said that's not God anymore. He doesn't act that way. But if I remember correctly, somewhere along the way it says those things that were written in the Old Testament were written for our example. On whom the ends of the ages have come. So do we throw it? Did Jesus come to do away with it? He came to fulfill it. Every jot, every tittle. Okay, the next thing is in Genesis chapter 3. Now this one you know of. This is one that would probably most of all come to most of our minds when you ask this question. Does it ever come a time when God says that's enough? Genesis chapter 6, not 3, 6, beginning. Well, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass when man began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever. For he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. So this speaks of, now God was setting, saying, How long is man going to be on the earth? So that could speak about that, but the word strive means more than that. Almost like I'm not going to continue with man. I'm not going to, you know, keep on trying to convince man. There's a lot of things to it. It says in verse 4, there were giants on the earth. Now, you know what the word giant means? Bully or tyrant. Tyrants will rise up on the earth from time to time throughout history. That's what this hour is all about. Tyranny. That's the goal of the left, if you haven't known. Tyranny. Control. All right? But God always rises up. He always brings a people up. He always has a plan. So there were giants in those days. And afterward, when the sons of God came, and you know they were having these affairs, this was wicked. You study this out. I mean, we don't have time to really get in. This was really wicked. This was angelic beings. No, demonic beings. You know... They were heavenly beings, having sex with the daughters of men. This was absolute. This is, anyway, God didn't like it. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Day by day, he was waking up how he could pursue evil and rebellion. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved. Now, the word sorry in the Hebrew means like to take a sigh or a, a strong breath. You ever done like, you know, you see something going on and you just... That's God. That's what He did right there. He just... You know, like that. And then it talks about grieved. Grieved means to carve. The heart of God. There was a carving. A rip in the heart of God. And that's why it says in the New Testament, don't grieve the Spirit. You hurt the heart of God, literally. When we grieve the Holy Spirit. And it's like a carve in the heart of God. We don't, I don't want to do that. How many of you do? We don't want to do that. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created. Both man and beast. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And we thank you God for the grace of God. Grace that's undeserved. Grace that's available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, regardless of what's happening. And grace that is supernatural, that enables us to be what we could never be on our own and do what we could never do without God. 
His commandments are not burdensome. If He's given you a command, it's because the grace of God will enable you to do it, to fulfill the will of God. And those who do the will of God, they're the ones that know God. So God looked on the earth, verse 12, and indeed was corrupt. So He sets out a plan, and He raises up a man to save, to build the ark, and Noah. Verse 13, the end of all flesh has come, and I'm going to destroy the earth. Make yourself an ark and go. Make rooms in the ark. How many of you are glad there's an ark being built today? Now, this building looks a lot like an ark, but we're not talking about this place. And we said this last week, you know, the safest place to be in this hour. Do you remember what we said? Number one, be in the ark, in Christ. Get in Christ. Be, secondly, in the center of His will. Safest place to be. You probably saw this too. This is not hearsay. It was on national news this week. And I believe that Russia was trying to get America's attention to tell you what we have if you keep poking at us. Did you see that report? Anybody? They now have a weapon, a nuclear sub that can get undetected close to the shores of America and through drones release nuclear blasts that will cause a tsunami on all the shorelines of America. 1,500 feet tall tsunami. If they did that, we would cease to exist as a nation. So they were explaining this weapon that they have because there are some people that still want to go to war with them. That's stupid, that's foolish, that's suicide. It's also not the plan of God. So anyway, with all these things going on, and this was national news. If you look it up, if you don't believe me, you say, well, you're just trying to promote fear. No, it's real. Besides, if that doesn't happen, the devil, as soon as you walk out this morning, demons are going to be hounding you, trying to undermine everything you do, everything you say, everywhere you go. We're in a war, and we can't sit back. We just got to stand our ground, stand in the Word, and know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But in the center of his will, then also be in fellowship with those whom God has called you to be with. What if Noah's son said, I, I don't like you, Noah. I don't like the way you look. I don't like the way you smell. I'm not hanging out with you. What would have happened to him? And then you've got to be in faith. We, we looked at a scripture last week. It said, why should I fear in the days of evil? These are days of evil. I don't know about that nuclear Russian sub. I just know what Jesus said. He said, hey, you want to look at the last days? There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be earthquakes, famines. All these things are going to come. Don't fear. Don't fear. And then, after he talks about not fearing, and guess what? They're going to come after you, and they're going to hate you, and put you to death. I mean, these really exciting times. You know what I'm talking about. Somebody probably in that day said, Jesus, you're just a fear monger. You know, hey, we live in some ridiculous times. People are doing ridiculous things. I can, what did I just see yesterday? It, it's good to mingle some because you're the only people I have to talk to. I mean, I talked to Shirley. <laughs> you know. What did I see? Some college, university in California is going to remove their mascot. He was, they call him Prospector Joe or something. Prospector Pete. Because during those days, the gold rush, you know, the indigenous people, they were hurt 
in some way. Anyway, this just goes on and on and on. The people need to stand up around this country. You're not going to do away with my Pete. You know what I mean? They're trying to... Anyway, it's what you call rewriting of history. It's trying to erase from the people's minds their history so you can control them. It's what socialism does all the time. It's been happening all through history. I wish we could get all the people in America in here for one moment and you could tell them, look, this is what socialism does. It's happened this time and that time and this time and that time and this time. And so you think you're going to do it right? You're going to do it the godly way. Now you're going to have a utopia. No, you're going to have the next in line of what happens when people embrace socialism. Because it's godless. It's got, you embrace a godless government, guess what you get? A government that's godless. Anyway, are you guys with me? We've got to get through this. Because somebody gave me two passes to, to Merrill Fest. I've never been. I've never been. I'm gonna, we're going to go this afternoon. I'm going to walk around and just see what happens. Okay, so anyway, in this, in, did we read everything in that? No, look over in chapter 7. Then the Lord, verse 1, Then the Lord said to Noah, Coming into the ark, you and all your household, I've seen that you're righteous before me. And then verse 16, So those that entered male and female, no other way. I thought when I read that, you know, God, you knew exactly what to say at the right time. They had no transgender animals going on the ark. None. Male and female. Of all flesh. You've got to laugh a little bit at the times we're living in. Because if you don't, you go crazy. You laugh and then you go to the Word and you be strong and you, you be a witness. You speak up. You speak up with love. So those that entered male and female went in as God had commanded and God shut the door. And then guess what happened? He sent the flood. You say, well, is that New Testament? That's Old Testament. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. And then the next thing is over in Jeremiah. Look over and uh, Jeremiah chapter 7. I'll just read this. Now, this is kind of tracking away from the world to the churches. This is a great word. I remember hearing this way back, and I have never forgot. This is an amazing scripture. It's like the prophet would stand at the door of churches all across America. And here's what he said. The word that came to Jeremiah, stand in the gate of the Lord's house, stand in the door, and proclaim there this word and say, hear the word of the Lord, all you that are entering these doors to worship me. Thus says the Lord, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words saying, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. In other words, I'm a church member. I'm a church member. I'm a good church member. Don't trust in that, he said. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, you do not shed innocent blood in this place or walk after other gods to your hurt, then I will cause you to dwell in this place, in the land which I gave to your fathers. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. 
Are you going to steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, walk after other gods whom you don't know, and then come to church on a Sunday, stand before me in a place called by my name and say, I am saved to do all these abominations? I'm changing it just a little. But it's the same thing. Has this house which is called by my name become a den of thieves? And obviously, Jesus was thinking of this when he said, you've made my house a den of thieves. Remember, later on, I've called it to be a house of prayer. But now, verse 12, he says, but now go. God says, okay, you've been walking in here Sunday after Sunday. You're living the same way. You've not amended your ways. There's been no repentance. What did John Baptist say? Go bear fruit. Or was that Jesus? Go bear fruits worthy of repentance. So anyway... God says, that's enough, so now go to my place, which is Shiloh, where I set my name at first. See what I did there because of the wickedness of my people Israel. And now because you have done all these things, saying to the Lord, I spoke up, or I sent, you know, rising up early and speaking, but you did not hear. I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to this house, which is called by my name, and he said how he gave to you and your fathers, just as I've done to Shiloh. You ought to look someday at what happened in Shiloh. Okay, next example. And there's a whole lot more we could say. Look in Romans chapter 1. Everybody with me still? You hadn't left? Okay, because people are asking these questions. We don't want to be preaching false doctrine. Okay, guys, you can just live like you want to. God loves you. He loves you. He ain't going to judge you. You know there's teachings going on around that says God is no longer going to judge. You have to throw away so much of the Bible. So much of the book of Revelation. So much of... You have to throw it away. That even got into one of the churches that I know of. I'm not going to mention the name, but... God, how did it get in that church? I just, you know, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. All right, look at Romans chapter 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. God has shown people what's right and wrong. They know it in their conscience. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhood, Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify God. They became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise. In other words, they had a profession of faith. It's not someone's profession of faith that's going to see them into the kingdom. It's their declaration of their life. It's the testimony of their life, whether they had a testimony of following Jesus or not. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men. Therefore, God did what? Gave them up. Now, is this in the Old Testament or New Testament? God gave them up. It means surrendered or it means yielded them up, released them. Who exchanged the truth of God, verse 25, for the lie. These are those who exchanged the truth. They wouldn't listen to the truth. They wanted to hear the lies. They turned on CNN every chance they had because of the lies fed their spirit that had been darkened by the world. God wants to awaken them. He wants to open them up to the truth. 
For they lie and they worship and serve the creature, man, rather than the creator. For this reason, God did what? He gave them up to vile passions. And then he gives an example. Even their women exchanged the natural use of what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lusts one for another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God did one more time, gave them what? Gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. And then he goes on, being filled with all sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, murder, haters of God, backbiters, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, undiscerning, disobedient to parents, untrustworthy, unforgiving, unmerciful. They knew the righteous judgments of God, and, and we are, deep in our heart, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also those who practice them. And so, in other words... They continued to resist the truth, and eventually God says, Okay, you love the truth, you, or, or you hate the truth, and you love lies. Lies will become your master. And they'll follow the lies all the way to their grave. Unless someone comes along and teaches and preaches the truth, and they repent and turn to the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. There's no other way. I was thinking, you know, that guy the other night, I'm not going to convince him that abortion is wrong. I just, it's not going to happen. But if he comes to Jesus, then the Spirit of God's going to change him and begin to rearrange and set in order, just like we read, set in order the things of his heart that he would follow the dictates of God rather than the, the will of men. But God gave them up, God gave them up, and then the third thing, God gave them over. Now, those people who say God doesn't do that, I'm sorry. It's what it says. You know, if we preached these things, maybe there would be a fear of God again in the land. Because today people are nonchalantly. I can do what I want. I can go where I want, say what I want. You know, we're going to give an account for every idle word that we've ever spoken. That's scary to me. It makes me want to put my hand on my mouth like this and... It's wise to do that. Be slow to speak, swift to hear. That's why the Scripture says, okay, last one. Are you ready? Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Thanks for saying, yep, I appreciate people that give me a little feedback here. Because sometimes you feel like you're all alone. And I'm not alone. Even if you desert me. Eventually, you're going to be standing with me. Because we're either going to be for Him together or we're going to be against Him together. Not going to be a middle ground where these are the moderates. Fooey on the moderates. You're going to be totally in love, passionately following Jesus. Or you're going to be an absolute fool for the Antichrist. Worshipping, following, promoting, putting to death those that you think are opposed to your way. That's a different subject. For a short time. Now, because that's where this next scripture comes in. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I've been saying we got to get into these false doctrines, and eventually we will. The things that are going to cause people to follow away. I'm still getting information on it from the Spirit, I believe, personally. I, I only know a little. If He doesn't tell me, 
I don't know anything. You know what I'm talking about. I know some of those false doctrines. I'm seeing some of them manifest before my eyes. I said, God, I didn't realize this thing could get really wicked. It looks really good. Sounds sweet. Anyway, look at this. Verse 1. Now, brethren, how many brethren we have? Sister and a brethren. Are you guys the sister and the brethren? They don't, you don't see sister in the Bible. You're all brethren concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus and our gathering together. Now, you've got to pay attention. Don't be shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or word or by letter. As if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you. Do you know one of the greatest areas of deception is going to center around the coming of Jesus Christ? They're more intrigued by how than the one who is coming. It's a fine line. You can be so excited on how he's coming and learn and read all the books. Get totally deceived. But if you follow the Lamb, wherever he goes, you'll walk in the truth. You've got to stay focused on him, not a, just things about him. Does that make sense? And there'll be people trying to get you to follow their way. Let no one deceive you. That's why he said, let no one. Not just don't be deceived yourself. Don't let people deceive you. That's why you have to know the word. By any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. That's going to happen. We've got to tell people about this. Because I'm going to be held accountable to those that are in this place. And the, also, and the man of sin is going to be revealed. It revealed the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember? Linda shared with me, she studied recently the remembers in the Bible. It would be good to look up everywhere it says remember. You know what remember means? You better remember. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Now that reminds me of what Jesus said. Where was it in John, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. One of those verses and one of those chapters in John. Jesus said, I told you these things so that when they happen, when the time comes, you won't forget and you won't be made to stumble. You won't fall away. That's what that means. Oh, man. Oh, Lord, thank you. I just saw that and I've never seen it before. This, the Bible is an amazing book. It's not just a book. This is the Word of God. I'm so glad I made that commitment when I was called to preach that I believe the Bible. All things that you've said, God, and I'm not going to back off of it. Because there have been a lot of folks that have backed off of it. And a lot of folks not even preaching it anymore. After all these years. Well, let's go. Let's get back. Let no one deceive you. The falling away and all these things. Do not remember. And now you know, verse 6, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed and the son will consume with the breath of his mouth. I like this verse. And destroy with the brightness of his coming. I want to remind the darkness of this verse, verse 8. Yeah, okay, you're on the rise. The spirit of Antichrist is here. Yeah, there's a little restraint 
right now, a restraint. There's going to be a time when the restraint will be lifted, and guess what? Satan will know that he has only a short time. But the time is suddenly going to come up. Because in verse 8 it says, For then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Hallelujah. The coming of the lawless one, according to the working of Satan. Now here's another one. Power, signs, and lying wonders. Oh, brother, lying wonders. Are you ready for the false signs and wonders? We want signs and wonders, don't we? They follow them that believe. The way you'll know the difference, there are those who fought, there are those that follow those that believe, and then those that are following after the signs and wonders so that they will believe. There's a big difference. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love for the truth that they might be saved. Now, verse 11, here's what it says. Okay, God says, I've had enough. Verse 11, and for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. And then what will happen? Verse 12, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I'm just reading the Bible. I'm just reading the Scriptures. This is what thus saith the Lord Says. Now, that word strong is a word that means energy, irresistible. You ever notice sometimes I pray in the strong name of Jesus? I do that for a purpose because I heard it years ago and it stuck. But I want Him to be irresistible. God, be irresistible. The word delusion is the word deception, error. I thought, Lord, this is almost like the collusion. The, coll- the delusion of the collusion. Those who accuse the president of collusion are those who we found out now. It's out there for everybody to see. They were the ones who were committing the collusion with Russia. They're traitors. Every one of them must go to jail. I've heard people say that unless there's justice, America will cease to exist. The Constitution will be over. We must have justice. That's why I'm praying, God, if men, if government doesn't do what they're supposed to do, which says they yield the sword. They wield the sword. If they don't do that, then God, would you rise up and would you let your justice be made known now? Even so, come Lord Jesus. You have to say even so because you know things are going to happen. When God judges a land, the believers in that land have to prepare to be the overcomers and to be those who welcome in all of those that are being drawn by the Spirit. I heard again this morning, Smith Wigglesworth prophesied of a great move of the Holy Spirit where there would be a harvest unheard of, unheard of in all of history. Can I tell you that harvest is is upon us? That's why we're going out to North Wilkesboro. I don't care if 15 people come. We're going to go. We're going to get ready. We're going to be doing the will of God. I'd rather be doing the will of God when He comes than sending it home wondering about what the will of God is. Just do it. Just do. That's what Josh does. He just does the will of God. He's just feeding the homeless, the poor, the naked, clothing, the naked, the poor. If you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. That's what Jesus said. Well, it's the most exciting time in history. You've got to leave with that in mind. 
It's not the scariest time in history. It is if you don't know Jesus. This is a scary time. And the only reason it's not scary is because people have thrown this away. They, take, they pick and choose and they say, I don't believe all that stuff. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? Guess who's going to have the final word? So-and-so out there, the politician. You know, I think about some of their names and I probably shouldn't mention them and I won't. But I'm thinking about them right now. They're not going to have the final word. They may have the final word on some of those networks. But they're going to stand before a holy God and His word is what's going to remain. But God's mercy, He wants them now saved. It's the will of God that none should perish. That is the heartbeat. Yes, we present the Word, but ultimately we're still in an age of grace that God said, whosoever will, whoever's thirsty, let him come unto me. Whosoever will, come to the water of life while there's time. Father, I thank You so much for Your Word. God, I thank You for Jesus, the living Word. Lord, that's, what, that's who we want to encounter. And we thank You that we have today in this place. You are moving among us. And You're moving in churches and You're moving in ministries all across this land. Lord, we thank You that you, the ark is being built as we speak. We thank You there is room enough for all. Lord, we thank You for the conviction and the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Because we are no, we know, Lord, no man can come to you except that you draw them and that you convince mankind of sin. And Lord, that we just thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, God. This is our message in this hour. Jesus came not to condemn. He came to a world that was condemned and will continue to be condemned. But he came to make a way out of condemnation. Jesus became condemned on the cross. The just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God. And we thank You for the shed blood of Jesus. We thank You for salvation. We thank You there's hope, there's salvation, there's deliverance. And we thank You, God. Thank You, God. You're anointing every one of us for this hour. Everyone that's walked in this room, everyone that's watching by, by the web stream, You're anointing us for this hour in which we're living. We've not been being trained for naught. We're not sitting on the sidelines. We've been going through these things so that you would equip and train us for such a time as this. And I thank you, everyone in this room has a vital link in the unfolding plan of God in this hour. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Lord. This is good. And I pray you just release that in this place. Fresh fire. Fresh revelation. It's all about the revelation of Jesus. How many of you know that? Come on up, Dave. You want to play something. The revelation is not scary. It's the revelation of the Son of God. The revealing. It's all about Jesus. That's how you can tell these doctrines. If that doctrine points you to a greater revealing and understanding of Jesus, there's a good chance it's true. If it doesn't, run away as fast as you can. Because it's about Him. Everything will be wrapped up in Him. Everything. Now we just want to bless Kathleen as she goes. She's, she's got to go, but she's going to go to California. One second. Lord, anoint her for Paradise, California. 
We send angels with her, Lord, to accompany her, to keep her, to guard her. Lord, let this be the greatest anointing yet in those meetings out there. And we bless, Lord. Thank you we get to be a part of what you're doing in that state of California. That you've not given up on a state that had given up on you. You are moving in power. Your word is being trumpeted across that land. We bless Mario and we bless all those ministries that are out there in Reading and so many places. Preaching the word. Faithful. Doing the will of God. But we send now, Kathleen, to this next aspect of this mission of which you called her to. As an intercessor for a great move of the Spirit. One which will never come to an end in that state. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Got to know how to end this. It's one minute to twelve. We have plenty of time. I'm just having the time of my life. Thank you for letting me be a part of you in this place. You know, Shirley and I, you know, we know there'll be a time it'll be all over. But man, am I enjoying every day now. This is the greatest... You know, being an ambassador for Christ, of which you are, there's no greater calling. Just say, I'm an ambassador of Christ, of the Son of God. The Spirit that raised Him from the grave, the dead body of Jesus that we talked about last week, lives inside of you. He lives in you. Man, this is amazing. So let's just stand and I just want to release one fresh fresh anointing I, I, is anybody here lost you say I don't know if I know Jesus would you pray for me this morning anybody I don't know if I really know Jesus and I need prayer I need to know that I know this conviction going on anyone well if you're watching I believe we always give people opportunity you call upon the name of the Lord my friend and you shall be saved we're living in that time it's like history is accelerated and things are speeding up you know, the, the calendar now, you change month. It's like, wait a minute. Where did March go? Where did April go? Where did May? That's the way it is. And so you also coming to Him is accelerating. All you got to know is you're a sinner. That's easy to do. And you just confess, I'm a sinner. I've sinned against God. I've sinned. And I put my trust in Jesus, the Son of the living God, who died and gave Himself for me. And I repent. I give my life. That means I turn my life over to you. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised the Son of God from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I just trust you. And I call upon you. And you will. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I also felt there were people in this place that have a unique calling that you've never surrendered to. They may be watching. And you've been waiting on God. And the word, the, what the Lord, I believe, wants me to say is, your wait is over. Today is the day you're to walk in your calling. So just walk in it. I don't know who that's for. Walk in it. How? Follow the Lamb of God. He'll work it out. Isn't that the way it works? You follow the Lamb of God. You know, He said, come after me and I'll make you. What you're called to be. Fishers of men. But Lord, I just released that. An anointing on people that are answering the call of God. 
in this place to a missionary. There are people going to go to nations. It's going to be exciting to be a missionary in this hour. Whole nations are going to be saved. Things are going to happen that are unheard of in history. I'm just, I know we've been hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. I'm tired of hearing it. I just want to walk in it. I'm going to walk. I'm just going to believe everywhere I go, God's with me. And greater is he that's with me than he that's in that village or in that place. And the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is here. And the last thing I saw about the kingdom is there's only one king. Only one king. Demons, sickness, disease, cancer is not king when the king walks in. The kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I release that in this place. Fresh fire over every ministry, every man, every woman. God, I pray for the joy of the Lord. Thank you, God. We, we are standing and receiving a kingdom, the only one that is not going to be shaken. The kingdom that will last forever and ever and ever. And we thank you. We're citizens of that kingdom. And I just bless them now, Lord. I pray you'd fill people with great hope. Great hope. Great peace. Great joy. I don't know. One more thing. Peru. I don't know which flag is Peru. But we just pray for Peru right now. God, I don't know what's happening. We'll we'll find out if it's a word from the Lord. But there's something going to happen in Peru. So right now, Lord, we pray that, God, your mercy would prevail, your goodness, your mercy, your mercy, mercy. Lord, we pray you'd interrupt the plans of the enemy. Spoil the plans of the devil. And, God, either this is you or not you, but I just trust that we hear your voice. You said, my sheep hear my voice. So bless the church in Peru. And in our own nation, God. Lord, we pray for, let's pray real quick before we go. AOC, you know that lady that getting all the attention. Let's pray she'll get saved. What's better than this? All of those. That Iman, what's her name? I don't know. Lord, we pray for all of these young congresswomen, women, people. God, we refuse to let them go into hell. We pray, God, that you would deliver them and rescue them. We ask you to rise up and break the power of evil and deception and darkness and the lies. And, Lord, whatever grip, we know the devil blinds the minds of the unbelieving. We pray the blinds would be lifted and that AOC would be saved in the name of Jesus. And all of those that are on our heart and mind. God, we pray a great harvest of souls out of the left in America to come to Jesus. Use them, many of them, as the greatest evangelists and the greatest prophets, the greatest pioneers of a new faith, the faith of Jesus. It's new to them, but it'll be fresh. It'll be the Word of God, the gospel of the kingdom of God. I believe you for that, Lord. I believe you. I believe you in the name of Jesus. Anybody need a miracle before we go? Need healing? Okay, right there. Healing. Two, three. We get, hey, this is the way God does things. Four, right here. Okay, turn around and right there. Lay hands or just extend your hand. If you're close, lay your hands. We need healing. Raise your hand again if you need somebody to lay hands on you. And you guys just go ahead and begin to pray. And just break off the darkness and say, God, I release your kingdom. I agree with what you're doing. Speak healing to whatever it is. Speak to the mountain. Speak life. Speak, release a miracle. The Holy Spirit will give you a word to speak. 
Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. More God. More God. More Lord. Touch people right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Miracles, signs and wonders follow the believers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. More. More, Lord. More, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You guys continue to minister. I'm just going to pray and then we're going to be released. But you continue as the Spirit leads you to minister to that one. But Lord, we pray right now for everyone that we prayed for. And those that are watching, we break the powers of evil. We cancel every sickness, every assignment. Lord, if you would set things in order globally, then God, we're asking you to set things in order in these bodies, in the people of God. In these that know Jesus, that need a miracle, they need healing. We ask you to set in order the things that are out of order. And bring into alignment, God, that their bodies would function properly. If there needs to be some correction, thing they need to not eat anymore, something they need to do, we ask you to give them that revelation, Lord. We pray for that. That understanding, a dream, a vision. But God, we thank you that the church has the greatest health care system known to man. And we thank you, Lord, that healthcare system is based on the great physician of who said there's nothing impossible. Who by his stripes we are healed. We release the power of Jesus, the power, the anointing that breaks the yokes of sickness and disease. Cancer, we command to loose the people of God. Our friends, our relatives, our families. We thank you, God. It is not impossible. This is not an in surmountable force Jesus is greater this kingdom has come and we loose now the power of heaven over every situation cancer go thank you Lord 